You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tiantian with your market view. With Chinese New Year just round the corner, many of us may still be shopping for something to wear over the festive season. But hey, did you know that the world is currently seeing a shortage of cotton used to make our clothes? After extreme weather conditions wreaked havoc on virtually all of the world's largest suppliers. Now, for instance, India saw heavy rains and pests last year, dampening demand so much so that it has to import cotton supplies. And Brazil, which is the second largest cotton supplier in the world, also faced drought, which led to a drop in output then. So the question is, how are producers navigating those challenges? And what's next for cotton exporters? Where will prices move then? Now, to answer all our burning questions, we have with us uh, Marcelo Duarte, Director of International Relations at the Brazilian Association of Cotton Producers. He's also CEO of the Asia-Brazil Agro Alliance. Welcome to the show, Marcelo. Hi, Tian Tian. Thank you very much for having me here. It's a pleasure to be speaking at Money FM to your a quali- very qualified audience. And yes, um, cotton is a very important commodity. I mean, it's always mm. it's been it's been like this for since the Industrial Revolution, even before that. So it was important for the revolution. It was important for right. um, many countries, the development of trade. And it's definitely still it's it's becoming it's it, now it's it's a it's an important point because with the climate change and with you know the, the the extreme weather we saw in various parts of the world definitely we had a shortage of production in mm. important players for example india pakistan they had lots of floods and that that put their industry in um, in a situation where they need more supplies from from overseas, and that's where Brazil right. comes in. Right, right. And Brazil, being a large exporter, and Marcelo, I just want to find out what is the state of the cotton industry in Brazil right now. Because at some point last year, in the second half of last year, I understand even Brazil had to cut yields by nearly thirty percent. But have producers put that extreme weather conditions behind them already? Well, it's um, we are we are about to you just starting to plant uh, one more season, the twenty twenty three twenty four. Uh, well, so far it's looking okay, but you never know. So the last two seasons it started okay, but didn't finish well. So the weather has been really unpredictable. So in, in part, very parts of the world that were reliable and now they're not reliable anymore. And um, in countries like Brazil, where we rely 100% on rain, rain, we don't have irrigation. I would say not don't rev, only like 5% is irrigated. So we really... We rely much more on climate than other countries. Well, Maslow, I like to look at the supply side of things. India, China, Pakistan, US, Brazil, they are major producers worldwide. So what would you say is a differentiating factor for Brazilian cotton, whether it's price, quality, any examples that you can share with us? Well, Brazil Brazil is a net exporter and it's, a, and it's becoming a year-round exporter, which is a good thing because... Uh, when you when you are have a uh, factory a spinning factory in uh, Asia or anywhere in the world, you want consistency. You want a supplier that can that can supply you that same quality year round, not like three or four months of the year during harvest time, for example. So Brazil's become big enough to supply uh, year round uh, with very specific qualities. We can because we test every single 
bale that uh, after harvest. So that puts us in a situation that we can deliver specifically what the client needs, uh, depending on the contract, uh, how the contract is made. So we can be very specific. For example, there are 15 measurements that are taken from a cotton bale of 200 kgs. So based on, based on and the combination of these 15 results, we can deliver specifically what he needs for shirt, t-shirt, socks, uh, home textiles. So depending on uh, carpets, so depending what they want to do, they would need specific uh, characteristics and we can deliver these specific characteristics to each one of them. And most importantly, uh, we can uh, deliver 100% sustainable cotton. So our production is 86% certified by B, by international organizations like BCI, Better Cotton Inter, uh, Institute. So that allows us to deliver uh, cotton that uh, is traceable and sustainable uh, with a cotton counterpart uh, guarantee. Well, Maslow, just now you told us that you're planning for this year and the next 23, 24, 2023, 2024. So help us understand, how would you expect global output to be like in numerical terms uh, in the next shipment cycle? And to what extent will this be contributed by Brazilian exports then? Oh, well, international uh, production should be around 25 mil million tons. And out of those 25 million tons, uh, Brazil should contribute with about three. But, but in the international market, uh, we talk about 10 million exported bales, 10 million tons. So out of these 10 millions, uh, Brazil exports two. So we're talking about 20%, one of every five bales traded worldwide are from Brazil. And this number has is, is, is been increasing. So and more and more you see clothes uh, made from uh, Brazil. You might not know because sometimes the, the, the brand doesn't say where the cotton comes from, but uh, you can be sure you you have something in your wardrobe that uh, is it was grown in Brazil. Right, uh, very interesting here. And well, Maslow, away from supply, I like to look at the demand side of things. But Asia remains one of the largest consumers of cotton, and in particular, countries like again China, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, they have been driving up demand. But for Brazilian cotton in particular, who are the major consumers? Well, cotton is. Um is a commodity that uh, has uh, a long supply chain. So differently from, for example, from uh, food commodities that you have production and consumption and consumption normally have, is, is final at destination. So you bring, for example, uh, chicken meat from Brazil to Singapore and that's uh, where it's consumed. So Singapore doesn't re-export the, the, the meat, right? Uh, that's the same with soybeans and other, other food commodities. But when it comes to cotton, what happens is that Asia uh, countries like Bangladesh, um, Pakistan, India, they, they, uh, they have a huge uh, uh, industry that exports worldwide. So a lot of the cotton that comes into exported into Asia ends up export re-exported uh, as, as garments, as home textiles, for example into uh, countries like Europe um, and, and the U.S. as well. So it's uh, pretty much every single country uh, you have consumers, but the industry is concentrated in Asia. I would say there are nine countries in Asia that concentrates, uh, I would say 95% of the, of the production capacity. And those countries are, uh, uh, South, are in South Asia, Southeast Asia, and East Asia.
namely China and uh, in Southeast Asia. Right, right. So if you look at global demand for cotton in terms of numerical terms, the tonnage, the weightage, and monetary terms for the whole of 2022, what is this number? And how would you foresee demand for 2023 to be like in numerical terms then? Well, demand for cotton depends a lot on the economy. So uh, we have a, we have this um, huge uh, discussion today and what the Fed rate is going to be in the U.S. and how that I mean how that's going mm. to impact the economy. And mm. it, it, I mean, a lot of people think that well, what does have to, does this have to do with cotton? A lot, right? Right? Because, yes. Yeah, mm. because if the economy goes well, people will go shopping. They go shopping. They buy more. If they buy more clothes over at Orchard at the malls, and you know, they uh, the retailers will order more from the factories. And the factories will order more cotton, and that's that's how the economy works in our in our side. So we need the economy to uh, to 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 regain its uh, strength. And I think this year with China's uh, reopening, I think that brings a good good uh, I mean good signs that we might have. Uh, good surprises because the way the the way we ended uh, to 2022, everybody was almost in agreement that we went we were going into a recession in 2023, and now with uh, the new um, situation with the China reopening, we might have uh, a good surprise, and that's going to be good for cotton consumption. Right. And uh, well, another thing that is affecting prices, Maslow, not just demand side, but also the fact that there is an ongoing cotton shortage. How much of a cotton shortage are you looking at for the whole of 2023? What do you think this would mean on prices? Because prices were up as much as 30% at one point last year. Do you foresee such a surge again this year? No, I don't think so. I Even though I think that we we, we have been seeing some some uh, impact in in demand destruction, okay, because of the economic slowdown in the last months, especially in the last six seven months. So uh, industries uh, around Asia are facing difficulties, you know, um, uh, selling yarn, selling fabric, selling apparel to to their downstream consumers, and that's reflecting on on us upstream. So consumption. Uh, needs to 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 regain its space. I think the only uh, good thing that we see, as I said, this year is China coming back strongly, and that's going to. I mean, we're talking about the largest consumer, the largest producer, the largest uh, you name it, and the largest exporter of of, of garments yeah. uh, worldwide. So, if if these guys are are being, I mean, are opening up, and we're gonna we're gonna we could have a very good year. If it doesn't work, then we will have uh, we'll probably have a surplus because demand is going to be uh, reduced again. Even though uh, you, uh, cotton has, has been experiencing an increase in consumption uh, related to other fibers, for example, polyester, because it's natural, because it's it's biodegradable, because it's more aligned with the way mm-hmm. most um young people today think because we have to be responsible with the environment because if you right. if you're if you're using pl- a, a polyester you're using plastic every time you wash you're sending mm-hmm. microfibers to the ocean you might be killing fish turtles and that's right. something that no one wants to, to continue so that's one way to reduce mm-hmm. is to use cotton uh, clothing 
Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Marcelo Duarte, Director of International Relations at the Brazilian Association of Cotton Producers. He's also CEO of the Asia-Brazil Agro Alliance. Well, Marcelo, talking about China's reopening and increased demand going forward, uh, what is the Brazilian Association of Cotton Producers doing in the meantime to tap this trend? And I understand you're also looking to expand into key Asian markets, Malaysia, South Korea. So tell us more about those plans. What can we expect going forward in Singapore as well? Well, we have uh, we have de been developing uh, new markets. We have just we have just uh, received this week the great news that Egypt is going to start importing Brazilian cotton. That's a, a new market to Ooh, us. So yeah, yes. That's some restrictions. And uh, indeed, they have, you know, you know, if you know anything about cotton, you've heard about Egyptian cotton. So yes, but they, yes. yeah, but they can't yeah. produce enough Egyptian cotton anymore. So they need mm. a cotton from Brazil. So we're happy to to be um, um, uh, uh, allowed to export cotton into Egypt. So we'll be visiting Egypt soon. Um, China is bringing good prospects, so I'll be in China soon with uh, some executives to discuss how we can do it better. I mean, in our side as growers, I mean, growers want to grow more and more. So, of course, that takes, uh, I mean, that takes lots of investment, that takes uh, lots of uh, licensing, lots of, uh, uh, because Brazil farmers are larger, so we talk about corporate farming. It's similar to what we have in Southeast Asia with um uh palm oil so like it's a big farm big corporations you're not talking about small holding so when these guys can move fast they can grow fast and uh, as soon as as long as the demand is there so and we and we're seeing that uh slowly the the, the the supply growing if you consider for example that in 2000 only 23 years ago brazil was the second largest importer of cotton and now we are the second largest exporter you see how much, how serious we are about, you know, increasing production. Right. And finally, before we let you go, Marcelo, we have to talk about the environment impact of cotton farming and sourcing. I understand from you that international licensing, like the responsible Brazilian cotton, can help to ensure sustainable sourcing. So share with us more about those initiatives. Yeah, it's so good you, you asked that. Of course, when you, uh, you have to today, I mean, everything you do, you have to be compliant um, social, environmental, uh, um, uh, and governance. Governance. ESG are the the buzzwords. I mean, it, they continue to be like this. We need, in, in our case, we have a certification scheme in place. That's a local scheme that makes sure the farmers comply with local legislation, which is quite strict. For example, in each farm, you can only um, you can only uh, use a part of the farm that is. Um, considering uh, arable land. So there's a, there is a conservation land in each farm that you have to preserve if you're a farmer. Uh, and also, I mean, lots of social regulations, environmental regulations, the use of water. Uh, as I said, we don't use water for irrigation in 95% of the farms. And so farmers, 85% uh, of the farmers are certified by this um, um, scheme. And this scheme operates in benchmarking, which means it's equivalent to a BCI uh, a standard, which is the global standard for, for certified cotton. So that's, uh, that uh, gives our clients in, internationally the assurance that they are buying cotton uh, from a sustainable source. And that's, um, 
and we we and we audited every year by uh, company by these companies and even auditing companies uh, with international recognitions fly to Brazil go there right. visit farms make sure everything's all right. I see. Exciting days ahead. Thank you very much, Marcelo. That was Marcelo Duarte, Director of International Relations at the Brazilian Association of Cotton Producers. He's also CEO of the Asia Brazil Agro Alliance. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM eighty nine point three.